The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. At that time, John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him because he does not follow us. Jesus replied, Do not prevent him. There is no one who performs a mighty deed in my name who can at the same time speak ill of me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Anyone who gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ, amen, I say to you, will surely not lose his reward. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were put around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed than with two hands to go into Gehenna, into the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life crippled than with two feet to be thrown into Gehenna. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Better for you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into Gehenna, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. The Gospel of the Lord. A few years ago, a good friend of mine who was an avid skier met a terrible accident on the way to Mount Hood. And uh, he was with his family. And thanks be to God, uh, the rest of his family were actually okay, just bruises. But Tom was really injured. And uh, when he was brought to the hospital, the doctor recommended right away to, for him to undergo an amputation because one of his legs were really injured. And uh, it took a while for the family to make a decision, for him to make a decision. It was just a total shock. But the doctors were saying, you guys need to make a decision because if not, then his life would be in danger. Even though it was so difficult, it was heartbreaking, and for someone whose life, not that his life was devoted to outdoors, but, you know, he was so, he was so outdoorsy, for him not to be able to ski 
after all of this was just heartbreaking. That was the, that, that was the way he also bonded with his family. But he needed to do it in order to save his life, in order for him to be alive. It took a while for him to accept it, you know, after the surgery, all the rehab and, and all of that, and, uh, and he actually fell into deep depression, deep depression. I could, only, I could only just be there for him. He was in his mid-40s when this happened. But in order for him to be alive, he had to do it. In the gospel today, we heard about Jesus seemingly talking about physical or bodily mutilation. If your, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. If your eyes causes you to sin, pluck it out. I was telling the people at the vigil that if I take this literally, there's nothing that will going to remain in me. <laughs> but of course, Jesus was not telling us here uh, to take this literally. But rather, as we hear this shocking words of Jesus, He meant actually to shake us and tell us that though we should not take it literally, we should take it seriously. <laughs> seriously. Meaning anything that impedes or hinders us to experience the fullness of God's grace, we have to be able to part away from them. It's so interesting that Jesus uses bodily parts in, in emphasizing the urgency, the urgency and the seriousness of the call of the kingdom of God. You know, our bodily parts are so intimately connected with us, intimately connected with our person. And... Uh, and these parts, these bodily parts that Jesus mentioned in the gospel today represents more than just the actual part that we hear from the gospel. You know, the hand, the hand in the scriptures, can you guess how many times um, hand or hands were mentioned? Just, just a guess. I don't expect you to know this unless you... You know, you were bored at one night. And then I couldn't sleep. I want to count the word hen from Genesis to Revelation. But can you guess, how many times do you think hand appear in the entire Scripture? I'm, I'm I, you know, I, I'm looking at Norma, but I am not going to put her on the spot. Just a guess. A thousand? Actually, very, very close. Hands appear a thousand four hundred sixty-six times. And hands, plural, 
appeared 462 times. Father, did, were you bored in one night and you counted hands or last night? No. The number of how many times it appeared tells us, you know, tells us how hands actually are used in different ways to signify something about us. Primarily, in the Scriptures, it is, it is our participation to the creative work of God. It is our participation to the active and dynamic work of God in each and every one of us. The work that you do, the passion that you're involved with, everything is represented by the hand. The hand also is what we use to express our feelings, a tap, an embrace, a caress. It can only be, you, it can also express anger. It can also express disappointment. So hands represent more than just hands. It represents also the interior desires of the person. So when Jesus says, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off, Jesus is saying, how, how are we making use of this, of this bodily part in glorifying God? You know, not the physical part, but most especially how it expresses the interiority of our being. How about the eyes? You know, the eyes is more than just eyes in the Scriptures. I'm not sure how many times eyes appeared in the Bible. I did not research it. But primarily, eyes actually is used to underscore our own understanding, our own comprehension. It also corresponds to wisdom. That, that is why when we figure out something, we say, I see. Now I understand. <laughs> I see. Now I get it. The question is, in deepening our understanding of things, do they bring us to a deeper encounter with God? Where do you get your information? Where do you get your knowledge? Where do you get those things that we put in our head that forms us into the person that we want to be or that God wants us to be. And if our eyes does not bring us to a deeper realization of God's love, of our identity as sons and daughters of God, Jesus says, pluck it out block it out. If pornography is what is deterring me to truly give my 100% to my spouse, and if I really want to experience that total surrender of myself to my spouse and 
be faithful to the marital vows, then I have to cut it off. I have to part away with it. Same thing with any form of addiction. And Jesus says in the gospel today, it is only when we are able to part away with it in as much as sometimes it feels like we can't really part with it because they are so intimately connected with us, but if you want to experience new life and the joy that God wants to give us, we have to have the courage, just like my friend, to say, okay, I'm going to part away with it. Because Jesus says in the gospel today, not to threaten us, not to, to instill in us fear, but to remind us that we are heirs to the kingdom of heaven, that if we don't have the courage to part away with these things, then we will going to experience eternal damnation in the end. It's not easy. It's not easy. But it entails a recognition of who I am in front of God as His son and daughter. And also that conviction that God is always inviting me to flourish with Him. What are these spiritual surgeries that we need to do in our own life? You know, I have my own going spiritual surgery in my own spiritual life. I, this is probably one of those homilies wherein I am actually preaching first to myself. Because I myself have some spiritual surgeries to do if I really want to experience that joy that God is offering me, especially in my priesthood. And the thing about it is that most of the spiritual surgeries that I need to do, I say, oh, I could probably just, uh, I could probably delay it because it's not too serious. I could probably delay it because I don't want to be uncomfortable. This is just going to change my, my choices, my preferences, my, my lifestyle, and all of that. And I don't really have time. Or sometimes, you know, the, the circle of friends that we find ourselves with, if we have the spiritual surgery, would require us to actually choose a different group of friends. <laughs> because if we stay with them, then we will continue to live in the life that God does not want us to flourish. Is it easy? Is it easy to feel like you're by yourself and alone? You know, my buddies, how will they even understand this? That I don't want to be alone. I want to be able to hang out with some of my friends when I'm on my day off. But what's interesting is that 
it only takes one person to have the courage of embracing new life so that other people who truly care and love us would ask, okay, he's radically changing his life. This must be super important. We probably need to see also if this is something that we want to do for ourselves. And in that way, we're bringing other people to a deeper encounter with God, not like, you know, what Jesus was warning in the gospel today, if, what, if, we, if we cause one person to sin, it is better for us to be thrown into the, into the bottom of the ocean with a millstone around our neck. It's just like Jesus comes up with really weird metaphors, but it actually works. It's like a millstone around the neck. Who would really do that? And you know, when I look at the original Greek word for the millstone that Jesus was, was referring here, uh, the word that was used actually, that literally translates in English, a donkey millstone, meaning a millstone that is operated by a donkey that can only be operated by an animal because it is so heavy. And that is the kind of millstone that Jesus used because Jesus says, if you cause one of your brothers or sisters to, to sin, it is better for you to be thrown with the heaviest millstone and you will not going to appear at all. It's like, Jesus, wow, that's pretty harsh. But Jesus is saying, I want you to take seriously your responsibility towards your brothers and sisters to bring them into a deeper encounter with me, not bringing them away from me, but actually being that instrument, being that bridge of grace.